Father God in heaven, we thank you so much for this day. Thank you. We are now on day nine. That is amazing. And we have here chapter nine of the book, The Desire of Ages. And we pray that once again, you give us spiritual wisdom and insight and open our hearts, dear God, for the message that you have for us this day so that we may so that in our souls we may grow in the knowledge of you thank you for everything and in jesus name we pray amen okay my dear friends good morning to you our chapter for today is entitled days of conflict days of conflict we are now in chapter nine of the book the desire of ages and uh by the way i know that some a friend of mine is listening. She is Glindel. Shout out to you, Glindel Magpulong. Uh, that's really nice. It's it's nice to know that you have been following this whole series, and I pray that you have you, know, you, you gain um, spiritual insights and wisdom too as you go through the entire book of the, uh, the Desire of Ages. And um, if you do have insights, uh, feel free to share it. Uh, to share them to me so that we can also share that to people okay so days of conflict chapter nine days of conflict let's uh, read Uh, okay so this hasn't this doesn't have the this chapter is based on something so this one doesn't have that but okay so let's proceed right in there right into the chapter from the days from its earliest years from its earliest years the jewish child was surrounded with the requirements of the rabbis oh so that means any jewish child from their earliest years they have they are already surrounded by or surrounded with the requirements of the rabbis rigid oh rigid rules were prescribed for every act down to the smallest details of life rigid rules how strict is that and mm, how burdensome too if for every small detail of your life (laughs) do you think that's burdensome let's proceed under the synagogue teachers the youth were instructed in the countless regulations which as orthodox israelites they were expected to observe but Jesus did not interest himself in these matters. Isn't that interesting? That Jesus did not interest himself in these matters. From childhood, he acted independently of the rabbinical laws. And now there must be a reason. Why would Jesus Why would Jesus not do that? Why would Jesus not interest himself in these matters? From childhood, he acted independently of the rabbinical laws. The scriptures of the Old Testament were his constant study, and the words, thus saith the Lord, were ever upon his lips. That is so interesting. So Jesus only cared about the scriptures of the Old Testament. Remember, you need to know that at the time of Jesus, the scriptures, the scriptures only was the old testament there was no new testament because of course the new testament talks about jesus in his life there was no new testament the scriptures that jesus studied those were the old testament and those were his his constant study so it's really important that when you say the bible you approach both the old testament and the new testament it's not the the bible isn't just the new testament the scriptures in jesus time the scriptures referred to the old testament and simply the new testament is the fulfillment of all the promises that are in the new i mean the old testament and it's hard actually to understand the new testament without an understanding of the context and the background of the the old testament so again the scriptures of the Old Testament were Jesus's constant study and the words thus saith the Lord were ever upon his lips so that means that instead of following the rabbinical laws 
those things that only people, only men, only people have have uh, established. Instead of uh, sticking to those, Jesus only cared about the scriptures. He only cared about the thus saith the Lord. He cared only about the word of God. Let's proceed. As the condition of the people began to open to his mind, he saw that the requirements of society and the, the requirements of God were in constant collision. So there was a conflict between the requirements of society and the requirements of God. Men were departing from the word of God and exalting theories of their own invention. They were observing traditional rites that possessed no virtue. Their service was a mere round of ceremonies. The sacred truths it was, desi- it was designed to teach were hidden from the worshippers. So they only, the people, were departing from the word of God. They exalted their own theories. And the, the traditional rites, wow, they, they just focused on the outward uh, performance of the ceremonies he saw that in their faithless services they found no peace the people found no peace in those faithless services they did not know the freedom of spirit that would come to them by serving god in truth jesus had come to teach the meaning of the worship of god and he could not sanction the mingling of human requirements with the divine precepts. He did not attack the precepts or practices of the learned teachers, but when reproved for his own simple habits, he presented the word of God in justification of his conduct. Now, that is a really important point there, that Jesus, when people attacked him, when people reproved him, he only presented the word of God as the basis for his uh, conduct and how he behaves and he did not he did not attack actively attack he did not actively attack the practices of the other people of the learned teachers but when the opportunity comes and, and when people attack him about his behavior about his practices what he presents is the word of god as the basis for them all so he did not he did not push it he did not attack people. Instead, if ever they attack him, they he would present to them not his own arguments, but the word of God as the basis for what he's doing. And um, we can practically apply that to people. We we don't attack people in their in whatever they're doing, but we just show we just show the the way. By, by by embracing it by our own actions and then if ever they question us we present the word of god as the basis for our actions that's a really practical lesson right there so next in every gentle and submissive way jesus tried to please those with whom he came in contact in every gentle and submissive way that is how wonderful jesus's character is Okay, so he was gentle and he, he was submissive, and he was he tried to please those whom he came with whom he came in contact because he was so gentle and unobtrusive. Wow! So Je- Jesus is gentle and unobtrusive. He doesn't he doesn't force his way into people because he was that. The scribes and elders supposed that he would be easily influenced by their teaching. <laughs> Interesting. They urged him to receive the maxims and traditions that had been handed down from the ancient rabbis, but he asked for their authority in holy writ in the Bible, in in the scriptures. He would hear every word that proceeds from the mouth of God, but he could not obey the inventions of men. Wow. Jesus seemed to know the scriptures from beginning to end he and he presented them in their true import the rabbis were ashamed to be instructed by a child by a child 
Even as a child, Jesus seemed to know the scriptures from beginning to end. They claimed, the rabbis claimed that it was their office to explain the scriptures and that it was his place to accept their interpretation. They were indignant that he should stand in opposition to their word. Their word. The rabbi's word. Mm. They knew that no authority could be found in scripture for their traditions. Wow, they knew that. They're not necessarily blinded that they had that in their traditions there is no real authority from scriptures. They knew. They realized that in uh, spiritual understanding, Jesus was far in advance of them. Wow. Yet they were angry because he did not obey their dictates. Failing to convince him, they sought Joseph and Mary and set before them his course of non-compliance. Thus, he suffered rebuke and censure. <laughs> this is really interesting. It's it's the, like the great contra- controversy in... Uh, in a really practical sense, in the life of Jesus at a very early age. So let's proceed. At a very early age, Jesus had begun to act for himself in the formation of his character. And not even respect and love for his parents could turn him from obedience to God's word. It is written, was his reason for every act that uh, varied from the family customs. But the influence of the rabbis made his life a bitter one. Even in his youth, he had to learn the hard lesson of silence and patient endurance. Wow. Just wow. It's, it, what, what has interested me, what, <laughs> what awakened my interest is this uh, part where even at a very early age, Jesus had already been... Uh, Beginning to act for himself. So he was not dependent on just the decision, the d- decisions of his parents. For example, in uh, following certain traditions, he already chose, he already actively chose, he o- was already actively choosing to follow the word of God for himself. He was actively making decisions for himself too. And those decisions were based always based on God's word. Let's proceed. His brothers and the sons of Joseph. So remember, Joseph has sons too. This is an interesting point if you're not familiar with their story. But let's just proceed. His brothers and the sons of Joseph were called, sided with the rabbis. Ah, okay. His brothers. As the sons of Joseph were called. So the sons of Joseph were called Jesus' brothers. The sons of Joseph. Mm. So Joseph had other sons. And uh, of course they were not. I mean super. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) They were not that. I mean blood related. Oh. mm. Anyway. (laughs) I won't dive. For now into. Into like the, the relationship. I mean. In terms of the biological thing. Okay. Again, his brothers, these are the sons of Joseph. This brother, these brothers sided with the rabbis. They insisted that the traditions must be heeded as if they were the requirements of God. They even regarded the precepts of men more highly than the word of God. Now, now that is interesting. Because now they placed they placed the precepts, man-made precepts, over and above the word of God. And they were greatly annoyed at the clear penetration of Jesus in distinguishing between the false and the true. So so Jesus was really, he really had the clear discernment on uh, what's false and what's true. And the brothers hated that. His strict obedience to the law of God, they condemned as stubbornness. They were surprised at the knowledge and wisdom he showed in answering the rabbis. So this was Jesus when he was still young. They knew that they that they knew that he had not received instructions from the wise men, 
yet they could not but see that he was an instructor to them. Yes, indeed. They recognized that his education was of a higher type than their own, but they did not discern that he had access to the tree of life, a source of knowledge of which they were ignorant. Oh, yes. Christ was not exclusive, and he had given special offense to the Pharisees by departing in this respect from uh, their rigid rules. He was not exclusive. What does that mean? He found the domain of religion fenced in by high walls of seclusion as too sacred a matter for everyday life. These walls of partition he overthrew. So that's what is meant by Christ not being exclusive. Um, the religion, the domain of religion was so fenced by high walls of seclusion. There was a sort of, um, we're different from you and we're, we're better than you thing. Sort of like that. And these walls of partition, Jesus overthrew. In his contact with men, he did not ask what is your creed? To what, wow, to what church do you belong? No, this is really something that's practically applicable too. He, Jesus, when he approached people, he did not ask, what is your creed? To what church do you belong? Instead, he exercised his helping power in behalf of all who needed help. Wow. So there was no distinction. Jesus did not want to promote the distinction between people. Instead, he exercised his helping power in behalf of everyone, everyone who needed help. Instead of secluding himself in a hermit's cell in order to show his heavenly character, he labored earnestly for humanity. Wow, so he was really in contact with people. He inculcated the principle that Bible religion does not consist in the mortification of the body. Wow. It's not about mortifying yourself. He taught instead that pure and undefiled religion is not meant only for set times and special occasions. Wow. Like there's so many things that are powerful here. At all times and in all places, he manifested a loving interest in men and shed about him the light of a cheerful piety. All this was a rebuke to the Pharisees. He was so consistent. Jesus was so consistent. It showed that religion does not consist. Okay. It showed that religion does not consist in selfishness. And that their morbid devotion to personal interest was far from being true godliness. Religion should not consist in selfishness. Wow. This had roused an, their enmity against Jesus so that they tried to enforce his conformity to their regulations. So th the, these were really days of conflict where you see the, the, the principles that Jesus embraced from the word of God were so different, so conflicting with the, the principles the other people were embracing. They, they embraced in selfishness but Jesus embraced the word of God. Let's proceed. Jesus worked to relieve every case of suffering that he saw. And, and Jesus also, he was inclusive. Jesus was not exclusive. He was inclusive. He did not want to distinct, put dis, uh, distinguishing marks between people. He wanted to help everybody that he needed help. On their on the other hand, in the, the practice of the Jewish leaders, they wanted to separate, to put distinctions between people, right? And to separate themselves and, and set themselves apart in the sense that, okay, we're better than you or something like that, right? Next, Jesus worked to relieve every case of suffering that he saw. So there it is again. There's every... Jesus worked to relieve every case of suffering that he saw. He had little money to give... But he often denied himself of food in order to relieve those who appeared more needy than he. How compassionate, how wonderful. His brothers felt that his influence went far to counteract theirs. 
he possessed a tact that none of them had. So Jesus was tactful too. He was not tactless. He was tactful. He possessed a tact which none of them had or desired to have. When they spoke harshly to the poor, to poor degraded beings, Jesus sought out these very ones and spoke to them words of encouragement. How wonderful is that? So when Jesus' brothers would, uh, would, would speak harshly, would bully other people, Jesus sought out these ones and he would speak to them words of encouragement. Those to those who were in need, he would give a cup of cold water and would quietly place his own meal in their hands. As he relieved their sufferings, the truths he taught were associated with his acts of mercy and were thus riveted in the memory. Oh, once again, goosebumps right there. So you see that Jesus is really, how beautiful is Jesus? So yeah jesus is so amazing in terms of his character and how he just seeks to help people and to relieve them of their suffering and he's going to do that by self-sacrifice and even if he doesn't even if he doesn't enjoy a meal he would give that to relieve the suffering of others and every single time and that really touched people's hearts because because when he would uh, when he would teach truths his truths, the things that he teaches, those were going to, in people's minds, people were, were going to connect them to his acts of mercy. And, and, the, and they will always remember the truth that Jesus, ha- that Jesus shares because people have felt it in their personal practical experience because Jesus has helped them. And that's really important when we try to teach people. They don't care what we teach unless we help them, unless they know that we care about them and their practical needs. And so it's really important that, wow, that is giving us a lesson right here. (laughs) In uh, when ministering to people, it's important that we meet people in their needs. And that makes me think a lot. (laughs) Yeah. So. Let's proceed. All this, all of these things displeased his brothers. Being older than Jesus, they felt that he should be under their dictation. They charged him with thinking himself superior to them and reproved him for setting himself above their teachers and the priests and rulers of the people. Often they threatened and tried to intimidate him. There were bullies to Jesus, but he passed on, making the scriptures his guide. Wow, so Jesus' strength, that was anchored on his confidence in God, in God the Father, and making the scriptures his guide. So whatever people were, were throwing at him, it was fine. Because anyway, what's on his side is the Father, the Heavenly Father, and the scriptures were his guide. So it doesn't matter how people would react. And, uh, you know, if we do things according to God's word, it doesn't matter when people would, uh, how people would react. I mean, if they bully us, because we find comfort in the scriptures, as long as we're doing God, doing, doing uh, things according to the word of God, God is right here with us on our side. And, and, um, yes, so we don't have to fear about bullies you know people who will bash right right amazing so let's proceed jesus jesus loved his brothers and treated them with unfailing kindness so so this is also important that while his brothers were bullying him jesus still loved them he treated them with unfailing kindness and how beautiful is that how beautiful is the character of your savior my dear friend Okay, but they were jealous of him. <laughs> so here, wow, this is also, again, the this is love versus anti-love principle once again displayed practically in the experience of Jesus. Jesus loved his brothers. He, he displayed the love principle. He gave unfailing kindness because love is patient and kind and never fails. But then 
But then the anti-love principle was the one embraced by his brothers. They were jealous of him, so they embraced jealousy. Love is not jealous. Anti-love is jealous. So they were jealous of him and manifested the most decided unbelief and contempt. Oh. They could not understand his conduct. They could not understand his conduct. Great contradictions, great contradictions presented themselves in Jesus. Contradictions. He was the divine son of God and yet a helpless child. So remember the context of this one. This is still Jesus in his young years. Yes, young years. He, uh, he was a child. Great contradictions presented themselves in Jesus. He was the divine son of God and yet a helpless child. The creator of the worlds, the earth was his possession and yet poverty marked his life experience at every step. What contradiction indeed. He possessed a dignity and individuality wholly distinct from earthly pride and assumption. He did not strive for worldly greatness, and in even the, the lowly, <laughs> and in even the lowliest position, he was content. He was content. He did not strive for worldly greatness. Jesus was content with his lowliest position. This angered his brothers. This angered his brothers. They could not account for his constant serenity under trial and uh, deprivation. They could not understand why is, so why is Jesus so serene and feeling peaceful despite all these trials that he's having. They did not know. They did not know that for our sake he had become poor, that we through his poverty might be rich. That's found in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9. They could understand the mystery of his mission no more than the friends of Job could understand his humiliation and suffering. So they didn't get it. The brothers didn't get it. Why? Why, Jesus? Why? Okay, let's proceed. Jesus was misunderstood. He was misunderstood by his brothers because he was not like them. Ah, interesting practical point there. People do not understand you when they're not like you. Okay. His standard was not their standard. When you have different standards, people will not understand you. His standard was not their standard. And in looking to men, they had turned away from God and they had not his power in their lives. So when, when his brothers were, were looking up to authorities, people, to men, they turned away from God. So they had different standards. They Yes, and so... The, they also do not have God's power in their lives. The forms of religion which they observed could not transform the character. Yes. They paid tithe of mint and anise and uh, cumin, but omitted the weightier matters of the law, judgment, mercy, and faith. Matthew twenty three twenty three. The example of Jesus was to them a continual irritation. A continual irritation. He hated but one thing in the world and that was sin. While the only thing that Jesus hated in all the world is sin. Anti-love. Selfishness. He could not witness a wrong act without pain. Wow, Jesus. Oh, awesome. Jesus could not witness a wrong act without pain which it was impossible to disguise. Between the formalists, whose sanctity of appearance concealed the love of sin, and the character in which zeal for God's glory was always paramount, the contrast was unmistakable. Oh, the contrast was unmistakable between those who are formalists and those who's, uh, who are... Wait, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, those formalists and those whose character in which God, zeal for God's glory was always paramount. There was a great contrast. Because the life of Jesus was, uh, because the life of Jesus condemned evil, he was opposed both at home and abroad. Both at home and in his community because his life was constantly condemning evil. His unselfishness and integrity were commented on with a sneer. 
people around him were commenting about his unselfishness and integrity, his forbearance and kindness were termed cowardice. Wow. Of the bitterness of the bitterness that falls to the lot of humanity, there was no part which Christ did not taste. There were those who tried to cast contempt upon him because of his birth, and even in his childhood he had to meet their scornful looks and evil whisperings. Wow, wow. So that gives you comfort that when people when people are talking behind your back and when people are gossiping about you, Jesus also experienced that. In a greater degree, even. So, yeah, and his birth actually was controversial because uh, G- Mary already conceived before the Mary and uh, Joseph got together. So, and it was controversial. Even his line, if you read Matthew, his, his uh, line, uh, I mean, his uh, ancestors were... Were, were people who had not so good reputation there there was a there was some David for example and Bathsheba right so it was controversial and then uh, there were other people in his line if you read Matthew chapter 1 who were controversial and even his birth was scandalous in a sense that yeah it was a Mary conceived even before Joseph and Mary got together. So there was con- <laughs> there was there was uh, intrigue in his birth and even in his childhood though. Even in his childhood there was already this fierce conflict. Okay? Let's uh, proceed. Where were we? Okay. So there were those who tried to cast contempt upon him because of his birth. And even in his childhood, he had to meet their scornful looks and evil whisperings. If he had responded by an impatient word or look, if he had conceded to his brothers by even one wrong act, he would have failed of being a perfect example. So, (laughs) wow. So Jesus really was constantly on guard every single time because he did... yeah, if by just one mistake of uh, responding by an impatient word or look and by conceding to his brothers, he would have failed of being a perfect example. Thus, he would have failed of carrying out the plan for our salvation. So Jesus really had to overcome sin, overcome sin every step of the way, every step of the way. So despite all the tension and the torture that he, he is feeling psychologically because of all the all the things people thought about him people surrounding him or thinking about him he did not react with a with an impatient word or look he was just he maintained that meek meek and lowly heart that did not react oh and if he failed, if he failed at that one single point, what would happen is that he would not be our perfect example and thus he would not qualify as our redeemer. Had he even admitted that there could be an excuse for sin, Satan would have triumphed and the world would have been lost. Because the claim of Satan is that <laughs> sin is inevitable in the sense that Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. So if Jesus would find an excuse for sin, Satan would say, I win, I win. Selfishness is the key, right? Because that's what what Satan is uh, fighting for. He wants to have selfishness as the the key, the center of the way of life. And that's going to be how he he wants to establish his kingdom based on self, based on self-exaltation. And on the other hand... Wow, if Jesus gave an excuse for sin, that it's too hard, right? Even if he did give that just one time, even if he did just one time, Satan would have triumphed in his claim. And the world world would have been lost. 
This is why the tempter worked to make his life as trying as possible that he might be led to sin. So really, in this case, wow, if there's anyone who's ever faced so many, such a fierce, fierce, fierce uh, spiritual conflict, that is Jesus. He has been experiencing that the highlight that Matthew for highlight of uh, Jesus being tempted by Satan that was not the only time he was tempted he, that was not the only time he was bombarded with temptation with temptations those were presented because they had a significance right right but but before that way before that even in his childhood Jesus was already experiencing so many so many trials and temptations through the people surrounding him and Satan has been constantly bombarding him with all these uh, you know all these temptations wow that is why the tempter worked to make his life as trying as possible that he might be led to sin because what Jesus what Satan wanted was for Jesus to sin for Jesus to embrace the principle of self selfishness self-centeredness self-exaltation Let's proceed. But to every temptation, he had one answer. I like this. It is written. He rarely rebuked any wrongdoing of his brothers, but he had a word of, from God to speak to them. So this was, this was in connection to what we read earlier that, that um, for everything, if, if ever... The Jesus did not personally attack people in their practices, but if he was questioned, he's gonna use the word of God. So it's it's repeated here. To every temptation, he had one answer. It is written, he rarely rebuked any wrongdoing of his brothers, but he had a word from God to speak to them. Often he was accused of cowardice for refusing to unite with them in some forbidden act. Okay, so for example, the brothers would would invite Jesus to do this, let's do this. Okay, but he would not. And often he was accused of being a coward for for refusing to join them in in that in that bullish or whatever it was that they were planning. Okay? So, let's proceed. But Jesus answer his answer was it is written, the fear of the Lord that is wisdom and to depart from evil is understanding wow wow so that was jesus's position every single time the brothers would invite him to to do some horrible act wow okay uh the fear of the lord that is wisdom and to depart from evil is understanding that's found in job chapter job chapter 28 and verse 28 okay let's proceed there were some who sought his society, feeling at peace in his presence. But many avoided him because they were rebuked by his stainless life. Stainless life. What a beautiful thing. Stainless life. Young, young companions urged him to do as they did. He was bright and cheerful. They enjoyed his presence and welcomed his ready suggestions. But they were impatient at his uh, scruples and pronounced him narrow and straight-laced. <laughs> you heard, you hear that every. S I'm not sure, but there are times when, when some people would could accuse you as a straight-laced, a straight-laced ass, <laughs> right? And Jesus was accused as straight-laced and narrow. Jesus answered, "It is written." Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto according to thy word? Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. Psalm 119 verses 9 and 11. Wow. So that that was just that is how Jesus would respond. Often he was asked, "Why are you bent on being so singular, so Different from us all. Different from us all. It is written, he said, Blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are they that keep his testimonies and that seek him 
with the whole heart. They also do no iniquity. They walk in his ways. Awesome. Wow. Let's proceed. When questioned why he did not join the frolics of the youth of Nazareth, he said, It is written. There it is again. It is written. I have rejoiced in the way of thy testimonies as much as in all riches. I will meditate in thy precepts and have respect unto thy ways. I will delight myself in thy statutes. I will not forget thy word. Psalm 119 verses 14 to 16. Jesus did not contend for his rights. Okay. Ha! Awesome! Awesome! Because in this day and age, we're so bent on contending for our individual rights. And um, while there is, uh, you know, while we need to exercise justice, for example, in the treatment of people, and why we need to treat people equally in the sense, in the same sense that Jesus was treated, he was not... He was inclusive of people and in, in giving them their help. I mean, the help that they need. Jesus, however, in his own self, did not contend for his rights. Often his work was made unnecessarily severe because he was willing and uncomplaining. Yet he did not fail nor become discouraged. What a wonderful character. He lived above these difficulties as if in the light of God's countenance he did not retaliate when roughly used but bore insult patiently patiently wow wow again and again he was asked why do you submit to such despiteful usage even from your brothers it is written he said my son forget not my law and but let thine heart keep my commandments for length of days and long life and peace shall they add to thee let not mercy and truth forsake thee bind them about thy neck write them upon the table of thine heart so shalt thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of god and man proverbs chapter 3 verses 1 to 4 so jesus really had a basis for everything every act that he does the word of God. From the time when the parents of Jesus found him in the temple, his course of action was a mystery to them. He would not enter into controversy. Yet his example was a constant lesson. He seemed as one who was set apart. Set apart. His hours of happiness were found when alone with nature and with God. Whenever it was his privilege Wow, so again, this is important. His hours of happiness were found when alone with nature and with God. Whenever it was his privilege, he turned aside from the scene of his labor to go into the fields, to meditate in the green valleys, to hold communion with God on the mountainside or amid the trees of the forest. The early morning often found him in some secluded place, meditating, searching the scriptures, or in prayer. From these quiet hours, he would return to his home to take up his duties again and to give an example of patient toil. Patient toil. Wow. The life of Christ was marked with respect and love for his mother. Mary believed in her heart that the holy child born of her was the long-promised Messiah, yet she dared not express her faith. What, is, what does that mean? Throughout his life on earth, she was a partaker in his sufferings. She witnessed with sorrow the trials brought upon him in his childhood and youth. By her vindication of what she knew to be right in his conduct, she herself was brought into trying positions. So Mary vindicated what she knew to be right in, in Jesus' conduct, in his behavior, and she herself was brought into trying positions. She looked upon her, the associations of the home and the, the mother's tender watch care over her children as of vital importance in the formation of character. Mm. Again, she looked upon the associations of the home and the mother's tender watch care over her children as of vital importance in the formation of character. Whoa. 
The sons and daughters of Joseph, the sons and daughter, daughters of Joseph knew this, and by appealing to her anxiety, her anxiety, they tried to correct the practices of Jesus according to their standard. Wow. So, so the sons and daughters of Joseph would say, "Oh, you see, Jesus, Mary, uh, Mother Mary is a." Uh, is getting anxious by your acts. So <laughs> they would appeal to Mary's anxiety and they tried to correct Jesus' practices well, according to their standard. Let's proceed. Mary often remonstrated with Jesus and urged, and urged him to conform to the usages of the rabbis. But he could not be persuaded to change his habits of contemplating the works of God and seeking to alleviate the suffering of men or even of dumb animals. Wow. <laughs> Jesus cared even for the animals. When the priests and teachers required Mary's aid in controlling Jesus, wow, they wanted to control Jesus. When the priests and teachers required Mary's aid in controlling Jesus, he, she was greatly troubled. Wow, she was greatly troubled. Mary was also conflicted. But peace came to her heart as he presented the statements of scriptures concerning and upholding his practice as well. So Mary would feel the conflict too within her. The days of conflict. But, but, okay, here's the thing. Um, when Jesus, when Jesus would present the statements of scripture that were the basis of his practices then Mary would be at peace. Then that's great. That's great. At times, she wavered. So Mary also really experienced this conflict. At times, she wavered between Jesus and his brothers, who did not believe that he was the sent of God. But evidence was abundant that his was a divine character. She saw him sacrificing himself for the good of others. His presence brought a purer atmosphere into the home, and his life was as leaven working amid the elements of society. He was penetrating into the hearts of people. Harmless and undefiled, he walked among the thoughtless, the rude, and the uncourteous. Amid the unjust publicans, the, the reckless prodigals, the unrighteous Samaritans, the heathen soldiers, the rough peasants, and the mixed multitude, he... Jesus spoke a word of sympathy here and a word there. And he saw men weary, yet compelled to bear heavy burdens. He shared their burdens and repeated to them the lessons that he had learned from nature of the love, the kindness, and the goodness of God. So here we see that Jesus was really exalting and elevating God's love and God's character in his words and in his works, in his conduct. He taught all, everyone, to look upon themselves as endowed with precious talents, which, if rightly employed, would secure for them eternal riches. He weeded all vanity from life. He weeded all vanity from life and by his own example taught that every moment of time is fraught with eternal results, that it is to be cherished as a treasure and to be employed for holy purposes he passed by no human being as worthless okay all right jesus passed by no human being as worthless but sought to apply the saving remedy to every soul in whatever company he found himself he presented a lesson that was appropriate to the time and the circumstances he sought to inspire with hope the most rough and unpromising, setting before them the assurance that they might become blameless and harmless, attaining such a character as would make them manifest as the children of God. Often he met those who had drifted under Satan's control and those who had no power to break from his snare. To such a one, discouraged, sick, Tempted and fallen, Jesus would speak words of tenderest pity, words that were needed and could be understood. Others he met who were fighting a hand-to-hand -hand battle with the adversary of souls, 
These he encouraged to persevere, assuring them that they would win, for angels of God were on their side and would give them the victory. Those whom he thus helped were convinced that here was the one in whom they could trust with perfect confidence. He would not betray the secrets they poured into his sympathizing ear. Wow. That was such a powerful, powerful paragraph. Every, that really revealed the character of Jesus and how he, how he uplifts people from their misery and their pain and their battles with the, the devil. Jesus was the healer of the body as well as of the soul. He was interested in every face of suffering that came under his notice. And to every sufferer, he brought relief. His kind words, his kind words having a soothing balm. None could say that he had worked a miracle, but virtue, the healing power of love, the healing power of love went out from him to the sick and distressed. Thus, in an unobtrusive way, he worked for the people from his very childhood. And this was why, after his public ministry began, so many heard him gladly. So before Jesus, wow, before Jesus went public in his ministry, Jesus was already doing a sort of groundwork, if you will, practically speaking. He was relieving the suffering of the people. He was sympathizing them, helping them with their needs, meeting them where they are, listening to them, listening to them bear bear out their their burdens of the soul and and just helping them. Jesus encouraging, giving them hope, giving them giving them hope and encouragement and and sympathizing with them and, and hearing them, listening to them. That's so wonderful. That is so wonderful and he he does not discriminate with between people. Everyone, everyone, everyone can benefit from him and from his in, in words of encouragement. Okay, so yet, yet, yet through childhood, youth, and manhood, Jesus walked alone. Oh no, <laughs> Jesus walked alone. In his purity and his faithfulness, he trod the winepress alone. And of the people, there was none with him. There was none with him. He carried the awful weight of responsibility for the salvation of men. He knew that unless there was a decided change in the principles and purposes of the human race, all would be lost. This was the burden of his soul and none could appreciate the weight that rested upon him. Filled with intense purpose, he carried out the design of his life that he himself should be the light of men and that was the end of the chapter and there's <laughs> that was so rich that was so rich and we got like less than seven minutes to decide what's gonna be our word for this chapter because there are so many things that are so rich right here and i have encircled the uh, different words many different words like uh, jesus was uh different so this is the chapter is entitled days of conflict and yeah, you, you could be tempted to to write conflict right there. Yeah, right, conflict. But there was so much more than conflict here. It was shown there was a there was also the word contrast, but we used the word contrast already. There was a I, I also thought about the word different because Jesus was really different from uh, he was different from all these people because he had a different basis for everything and and Jesus had been misunderstood because he has a different standard and that different standard is the word of god and he behaved differently in that sense too but there's also the word patient because jesus was patient every single time and all the time but he was not just patient he he wasn't just passively he was just he just he just wasn't passively reacting he was actively doing the opposite the opposite of what his brothers were doing. Instead of bullying people, he helped people. Instead of uh, bashing them, he, he gave words of encouragement and hope. So Jesus was actively doing, doing things too. And he was sympathizing with people. So his, and his, this was him way before he, he uh, went public in his ministry. Even from childhood, youth, 
to manhood, um, the, the the young adult life, he was doing all this, and wow, that is so amazing. So there are so many things that we can garner from here. Even from the beginning of this chapter, this was so rich. Like every chapter is so rich, and this is something. Today, we it, uh, God is speaking to us, telling us that, okay, number one, God's word is the key, and you don't you. It doesn't matter if people bashed you or, or people bullied you or people don't agree with you as long as you agree with the word of God. And wow, and <laughs> just wow, right? Just wow. So so there, there there's a reason too that the, the chapters uh the chapter's title is Days of Conflict because because uh, even from before his public ministry, Jesus has already experienced so many days, in fact years of conflict. And why was there a conflict? That's because there was a difference in their standard. And the difference in their standard is that God, uh, Jesus was obeying the word of God. And others, the people on the other hand, were only fixed in the outward. What's outward? The exercise of the outward ceremonies. Man-made precepts. Man-made rules and regulations. Not God-made. Not, not, not from God. So, yeah. And, and wow. So everything here, everything here, <laughs> what is that one word that's going to be the, the ultimate thing that's going to describe everything here? There's so many things, right? Um, I am tempted to use conflict, but again, there's more than that. And um, patient is one thing also, but there's different. The reason there's a conflict is there's a difference. And uh, yeah, I'm also thinking about the word different. Different, because Jesus was different. Not because he wants to, he just wants to be different. He was different because uh, the rest of the people over there were just embracing the principle of the anti-love and just following the rules of men, and uh, yeah, man-made principles. But God, God's word was his guide in every single thing, and he was actively doing God's work. He was act actively uplifting people, and right now, really don't have time, so. You will know the final title after this, because I got to I got to decide what the title would be for the podcast episode. And <laughs> while listening to this, you know the the word that's gonna be the title for everything. So yeah, so so those are the practical lessons. And wow, so just one thing before we go. Well, I also experienced like um w when there was a time when there people were prejudiced about certain practices that I have already been embracing. So what happened was um, I also felt, I also felt like I experienced the experience of Jesus and Mary, me and my mother, because my mother would, would come to my defense in the things that I have embraced and the people around her would, would rebuke her. They could not directly reach to me, but, they would come through my mother and um i also felt that she went through the same things that mary went through she was conflicted within her but when i present to her the reasons for me doing something she felt also that peace the same way that in the same way that jesus when when he was questioned about certain practices and behaviors when mary sought to talk to him about that jesus presented to her um the reasons why he's doing s all these things and and mary felt that peace because okay so this is god's word and uh, this is the right thing to do so yeah so i just wanted to add that and okay so let's close now with a prayer and uh, let god wrap this up all right dear heavenly father there was this was a very rich chapter and we thank you so much for all the insights that you have given us Grant us, dear God, a core understanding of this in terms of our practical experience in our lives. And may we, like Jesus, stick to you, stick to your word. And no matter what people is going to say, it doesn't matter. The, the thing is to do and follow your word because that is the way of life. Your word is the way of life. And uh, yeah, and we will experience peace despite days of conflict we will experience peace because we stick to your word and in jesus name we pray amen amen
Thank you.